Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's happening, everybody? Alex McCarthy here once again with my Wrestling Daily. And of course, I am being flanked by Wrestle Talk's number one guy for all news in wrestling, Louis Dangor. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. Two good nights of wrestling we've just seen and Raw tonight. This is my favourite night of the week where the clocks have gone back for us. So we're starting at midnight for WWE shows and AEW shows. So I, I'm automatically in a better mood than I would be starting at 1am. But no, I'm good. I mean, uh, the pre-show yesterday at like 10, I was like, wow, come on, give it to me. Um, But yeah, we're here, guys. And of course, we're off the back of Impact's Bound for Glory. We've got WWE Hell in a Cell, which for me was a fantastic show. I can't wait to get into that and dig down into what was so great about those cell matches. But there's a lot of news as well that's been emanating from the world of wrestling over the past few days, just since we were here last Friday. Just feels like it was yesterday. Um, so before we dig into anything else, let's start with Helena Cell. But first, Lou, we've got to take care of some business, man. So everyone in the comments, anyone who's watching this show, please do like, share, and subscribe to Wrestle2, where you can find wrestle wrestling daily, in fact, every Tuesday to Friday, 8 till 9. And of course, after pay-per-view weekends, you'll find us right here at 9. 30. Of course, we are on podcast now as well. I would be remiss if I didn't bring that up. We are on uh, Apple, Spotify, Acast, all of the good ones. You can find us. Uh, and of course, you can get us for your wrestling daily. Uh, the news fix every single day does what it says on the tin. Let's get into business. And of course, if you do want to join into the talk and you do want to have your opinion, all you need to do, guys, is give us a super chat and we will read it out, whatever the amount during this broadcast and no Michael Quinn fantastic is not a bit strong I refute that because I would say Helen Cell had two of the maybe the top five greatest Helen Cell matches of all time I would argue that I would make that claim um certainly top 10 I mean there's been over 40 odd so for me let's start with how the show started the tribal chief himself my tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Uh, man, did he ever bring it with Jey Uso in the first ever I Quit Hell in a Cell match. The story was laid out incredibly here over a 50-minute start, Lou. Um, talk to me about it, man. They 
the okay hell in a cell we all know what it's synonymous with right you know mick foley off the cell you know mick foley through the cell uh, <laughs> it's pretty much damage and shane mcmahon but you have to say for story in a match emotion this was pretty much as good as it gets was it not yeah this was perfect for me i think if you watch wrestling for the moves for the big theatrical i guess uh high spots and things like that this won't be for you but if you watch wrestling for the emotion for the storytelling this will be for you it was fantastic it was everything i wanted it to be and more after clash of champions i was like i hope they don't do this again because i don't know how you top clash of champions and then uh they showed me how you can top clash of champions with a fantastic match with the whole dynamic of roman not wanting to do what he was doing to jay and sort of doing it because he had to and the mic was were turned up in the ring so you could hear what they were saying was perfect and the idea that jay had roman beat effectively in any other match with the with the chokehold with the strap but he couldn't say i quit so even though he passed out he couldn't um he couldn't win the match and the same with roman with the guillotine later on and honestly everything from the small details like jay in the full white gear and roman in the full black gear it just looked the like polar opposites and that was ex- like exemplified in the in, in the closing spot where jay wouldn't quit for himself but when jimmy came down and roman had jimmy in the guillotine he quit because he didn't want to see his family go through pain and that's exactly what roman reigns is putting the family through so honestly this for me and i know it's been divisive online sort of like the dinner debonair segment from dynamite where you either get people that really love it or really hate it but for me i loved it i thought this was genius and the only issue with it for me was should have gone on last and the closing shot should have been uh roman and uh the wild samoans which was a fantastic touch yeah a brilliant touch as well and it sort of painted a picture of roman the old guard accepting roman and i guess his more bullish ways as opposed to uh the usos and i think that should have been the closing shot with him and the wild samoans all with their lays on at the top of the ramp that should have been the closing shot for the pay-per-view for me but man this was this was so good. I, I get it that they think the title change or, you know, wh- whichever one you would have gone with. Like once Roman was first, I thought well, it has to be Sasha Bailey last. Like it had to be. Um, so I get it that they think a title change should go last. But I actually agree that the, the picture of Roman being actually hailed as the tribal chief, the head of the table should have been it. Um, I, I've seen some people say the match was too long. I didn't think it was. I've I've seen people say that the action wasn't enough, and I get it, right? That Sasha and Bailey, from a, like a clinical in ring perspective, was like out of this world, right? Like, and you, and you would say it's better than Roman and Jay on that level. But everything that happened in the Roman and Jay match meant something, and that's yeah. what really gripped me. Roman cried. I don't think we. Can, <laughs> I don't think we can stress or elaborate on this enough, the man cried on cue. Real then, tears, not like big show, not like... Uh, we're talking real tears. Like, and then wiped the his tear, wiped his tear at the end of the match and just rubbed it on his chest like it meant nothing. Man, oh. this, and the line, I don't know what I've, who I've even become anymore. Man, wow. This was... Wow. We were on the live reactions, myself, Pete and Luke, and we were just all in shock. 
just how good this was. We just look at look at the screens and then turn to each other and just look at each other in amazement with how great this was. This was off the charts good. Let me, uh, I'll come back to that in a minute because I like the finish. But uh, just to answer Rian Nogda here, how am I in two places at the same time? Well, Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2 was pre-recorded tonight because of the football. The football is uh, took precedence, so we were out of our usual seven to nine slot, although that's when we recorded it. And we're on live now, nine until 11. So double the delight. You can catch us whenever. Um, but yeah, heading back to, to Roman and Jay, I love that um, Roman suckered him in for the guillotine, uh, Jimmy. And that's what made Jay finally say, I quit to salvage his brother, which is exactly what happened at the Clash of Champions, but in reverse, where Jimmy had to throw in the towel to salvage his brother. So the storyline, man, like, it, I get it. Some people dig it or they don't. Some people tune in for 780 moonsaults, and I get it, right? Some pe- It's all subjective, but if you love layered storytelling characters, to, to me at the moment, Roman Reigns' character is the best in wrestling. At the moment, nobody can touch what Roman Reigns is doing as the tribal chief. I would love to hear some counters from that, if anyone has any. But I'm not, you know, I'm not having it. I think Roman's at the top of his game. Um, So, yeah, I'd love to hear what guys think about that match. And Jay's holding up his end of the bargain as well. I know Roman's getting all the plaudits, and rightly so. But Jay is more than pulling his own weight. He didn't feel out of place in that at all. So I think he deserves a lot of kudos for this and hopefully we'll be in a much better position coming out of this feud uh, than he obviously went before and now feels like a much bigger deal. Well, this is <clears throat> this is the thing as well, right? Like the stipulations before the match that Heyman laid out, it looks like the Usos, or certainly Jay, have to be a kind of servant to the tribal chief now. So it looks like the stable that had long been rumoured could be on the horizon. Um, it seems like the first steps towards that anyway. So it'd be very interesting to see what the next steps are. Um, <clears throat> I will quickly gloss over, I think is the only way I can describe it. Elias and Jeff Hardy, that really existed just to Elias could say he had an album out tomorrow. That was nothing. DQ finish, nothing. There's there's really nothing to say there. There's much about nothing. Um, retribution. <sighs> I uh, I'm losing the will to talk about retribution. I in online I was actually met with quite a lot of resistance, Lou, when I said, "Oh, you know, they sh- they shouldn't have lost that first match on Raw." And, oh, don't worry, it's only one match. Okay, I mean it's pretty important though to establish what the stable is out of the gate. They lost again convincingly to Bobby within inside four minutes, and then they were chased off really easy after the match. They don't quite look like the force. They were meant to look like Lou. I don't like throwing this word around, and I think it is thrown around too much. But this is nothing short of a burial for me. This is... I'd... Listen, Derek, but you, WWE often, they start out with good intentions, and it dwindles. We've seen that with Keith Lee. But their intentions from the start with this are pants. They they, they, they've lost pants. The first, they've lost the first three matches that any of them have been involved in, and the issue is this doesn't help the hurt business because Retribution have no heat going into it, so they're just beating a bunch of nobodies who can't win anyway. This was just this was here to break up the Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, it really that was. was. That's why it was there. I want to uh, touch on this as well from Jobber JJ. 
uh, and another heel talking about Jeff Hardy's previous problems. How original you read my mind, JJ. Um, I was so like, you know, the whole, the, my eyes rolled as Elias gave his promo. Um, you know, is, is this, is what it's going to be forever. Every Jeff Hardy feud, somebody talking about his alcoholic demons and DUIs. Like, come on, give me some original shit, man. Like that, that's so basic at this point. And if 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 Seamus hasn't explored it fully, like if that feud did not explore every little bit of that, then I honestly don't know what to tell them. Um, moving on anyway to Sasha and Bailey, because my God, I, I had some hot takes last night on this. I think. You could argue Sasha Banks owns the top three, maybe, or three of the top four or five women's matches in WWE history. And I'm talking about last night. I'm talking about TakeOver Brooklyn 2, both with Bailey, And I'm also talking about Helena Cell with Becky Lynch last year. Sasha Banks is a machine at high match quality. I've, I've been on here even last week praising Charlotte Flair, uh, who, who, who I do still hold in, in the highest regard, by the way. But you cannot deny, man, Sasha Banks brings it. And of course, that's not to discredit anything to do with Bailey. What I'm trying to say is their chemistry is insane. This should have been the WrestleMania main event for the ages. That you know, this would have been the women's main event they would have talked about for decades. And instead, it's happened at Hell in a Cell. Um, now that's partly because the you know, the gimmick pay-per-views and whatnot, but Lou, this was sensational yes yeah yeah i was about to end the stream if you said no (laughs) no i I don't know what else to say i I don't know how to summarize it in any other word than sensational it was brilliant and i like how people on twitter over the last since we've seen the match have been noticing little i guess tidbits and easter eggs that people didn't miss that missed on the show so for example i didn't see that the chair had one and oh written on it because Uh, didn't notice that i ha- it's stuff like that that i like that you then notice later on and again well, when she actually made her tap out the chair was in reverse and it had zero and one right like so that. that which is Perfect. like and and i was thinking did they mean that but they must have um it you know it's incredible little details like that i thought the ingenuity lou and i'm sure we can get into this um even with the kendo sticks like kind of in the cell and the moves and the meteoras that sasha was hitting from anywhere and everywhere mm-hmm. Um, just when you thought, you know, it's hard, it's, it's hard to think 23 years cell matches have been going. It's very, very hard to be creative and to do get new spots at this juncture. But last night I, I felt like they took it up a level. I'm legitimately, I'm sitting on it right now. That's one of my top five hell in a cell matches ever. Yeah. Best women's match of the year for me so far, I possibly even best men's match in terms of in-ring action. I still think in terms of story, the I mean, we've got two match of the year contenders on this show. And I guess the rest of the card might not have been there, but this these two brought it up. And I mean, Bailey and Sasha Banks, it's the the story going into it might have been mixed for me and slightly fumbled. But man, the match they delivered, you can't. Why did you think it was fumbled, Lou? <sighs> they shouldn't have wrestled a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown. That's fair. Uh, they, I think that the story with they sort of had Sasha go away for a bit, but not really. It was like a couple of weeks, and I think if you're going to do that, have her go away for slightly longer. And again, I guess you alluded to it earlier. This is a Hell in a Cell match because it's October, but 
it deserved a Hell in a Cell. And I guess if you put the, if, if this was WrestleMania month and you were saying to me, oh, do you think we should put Bailey and Sasha in Hell in a Cell? I'd say, yeah, sure. They more than, they've more than earned it. Yeah. Um. So uh, the booking was perhaps slightly not how I would have done it, and a slight nitpick. I and I, this is years in the past. I wouldn't have had them wrestled at all, one on one matches. They've done it a couple of times on Raw. I wouldn't have had them do that, and I would have had this be the first one on one match since NXT. I think that would have added a bit to it, but I mean, what? It's years ago. But I mean, this is again minor nitpicks. In terms of the in-ring action, there's not much I can fault. The only thing would be the baby saying, I'm too sweaty to the referee when she couldn't get the tape. Um, uh, she was like, I'm too sweaty, can you do it? It was, it was like a slight funny moment. He was like, I mean, no. <laughs> you do it. Um, and then there was a slight fumble with the kendo stick where you could tell the intentions were there and they wanted to do something, but it wasn't quite working. But man, this was so good. Again, and I know I keep saying that, two matches we've been through, I've just... To end it, ended what I've been saying by this was so good, but it was it was it was sensational. Yeah, for me, it's one of the best matches of the year. Um, Cody K says Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman is still match of the year, though. Um, probably to be honest, but um, it, we're still saying it's in the conversation, though. That's the kind of quality we're talking about right now. And Aiden Williams says WWE, WWE. I'm assuming you mean that's all we're talking about. Come on, man, it's the day after Hell in a Cell. We're gonna get yeah. to Bamford Glory. Don't you worry about that, brother. Come on. Uh, speaking, it's our first super chat of the night from Rian. The best sell of the night was Jamie Noble avoiding the steel steps. <laughs> LOL. Apart from the kendo stick DIY, this was unreal. Imagine it with the crowd. Yeah, it would have been phenomenal. Unbelievable. Jamie Noble, by the way, man. Um, Lou, I'm sure you've heard similar things. I've had so many superstars tell me what an amazing producer he is backstage. Yeah. He's been responsible for so many amazing matches down the years and especially this year i know he's been working closely with roman um and seth rollins man um i don't think enough gets said about the great work he does and also um tyson kidd does a lot of great work yeah. with the women so i actually haven't um i haven't found out who did what last night yet but um i'm keen to and i'm i'm gonna bet both of their names are in the in the offing loop yeah i've heard the same thing specifically about i know you've spoken to a lot of people i think dom said that um, that Jeremy Noble was quite key in his debut match and that kind of thing. And I've heard the same thing about Tyson Kidd with how um, influential he's been for a lot of people. I think even Dax from FTR, formerly Scott Dawson, was tweeting about it this week, saying how great uh, TJ Wilson is. So, I mean, I don't think producers in WWE as a whole get enough love. Um, they're they're key part of this thing and they make the thing tick. So, yeah, uh, shout out to both. And MJ Johnson, will Wrestling Daily be in podcast form? Yes, it will, my friend. As I said at the top of the show, we are everywhere. We're on Spotify, Apple, Acast, and all podcast providers. So go ahead and find us, brother. Uh, we'll be there every day. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I think there's two things, two bits of business to take care of before we move on from Helen the Cell. Um, we've definitely got the money and the bank moment. Now I feel for Otis here, Lewis, um, yeah. Luigi, Lou, Louis, whatever. Um, I feel for him, right? Because clearly there was never a plan. Miz takes the, the briefcase off him. Tucker turns on him. He's got no Mandy. Poor Otis. He's been absolutely decimated in the space of a couple of months. Although I'm happy with the Miz being Mr. Money in the bank. What about you, Louis? Um, we'll get on to, to uh, talking uh, about this at the end with the main event. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm back in 2010. Nothing wrong with that. It was a better yeah, well, year. I mean, than yeah, <laughs> I wish I was there now. <laughs> it's just with Miz at the moment. If he, if if this was 2016, and we was actually speaking about this the other day with Chris Van Vliet's hot take when he said that Miz should be WWE champion again. I don't know whether he's taking our job with the inside sources or something. Maybe he <laughs> knew that this was going to happen. Um, but this, it's not, there's nothing, it's nothing against the Miz. It's more how he's been booked up to this point that I don't have a reason to care about him. And if he cashes in against Randy or Roman, it, uh, it's not something I'd be interested in seeing. Whereas if this was 2016, 2017 Miz, then yeah, I, I'd be happy to see that. It just feels, I feel bad for Otis because for me, what they've done with this is they've taken the they've taken the briefcase from someone that they didn't have a plan with to someone that they now also don't have a plan with. Both top champions are heels. Miz is a heel. 
I can't see them doing anything with them with, with him in the meantime. I think this is just a delay time. I wouldn't even be surprised if Miz loses the briefcase at some stage. Um Ooh. I don't know, and, and just the whole the whole t- Tucky thing, they're on different brands now. So are we gonna have an interbrand match at some point? I guess Survivor Series coming up, but if one of the Raw versus SmackDown matches is Tucker versus Otis. Presumably. Not really that interested, not really that interested in seeing it, to be honest. Well, nor am I. I mean, I, to be fair, they didn't even really scratch the surface of what that team could have done. When Otis won the briefcase, he wasn't even really featured on SmackDown every week. He wasn't even really... He wasn't even a central figure like Mr. Money in the Bank normally is, kind of teasing the briefcase every week. Like I only really saw him do that once with Braun Strowman. Um, he wasn't position to be important and that reflected because you kind of forgot that he had it to be honest and yeah. why heavy machinery in a shallow smackdown tag division wasn't getting title shots or you know or even having a run with the belt that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either so i'm kind of puzzled as to wwe's plans because i think they saw the apex of otis with the mandy moment at wrestlemania which with fans would have blown the roof off granted that he still should never have been Mr. Money in the Bank. I'm, I'm, and I, <laughs> I know I'm attracting hate here because I am someone who actually thinks the Royal Rumble Money in the Bank should be for people that um, want to get to that next level and need that next bit of push or story. But I don't see Otis as a as a world title challenger now, and I didn't then. So, nope. and, and that's on WWE to, to make that a reality, really. So I see Miz much more in that vein, and. I do think since his tremendous work in 2016 on SmackDown, um, pretty much his character growth since then, he deserves another spin in the in the main event picture. Um, but like you said, I don't know if we should put any stock into how the briefcase is going to be used in the near future, to be honest. But nevertheless, let's move on to the main event, Lou. It was a sad day for UK wrestling. Um, Drew McIntyre, he took his WWE title into the cell, but he did not leave with it. It was Randy Orton's 14th reign. Uh, Talk us through it, Louis. How did you see it? This match was massively hurt by the fact that it wasn't as good as the two before. I think if this was on first, we'd be seeing it massively differently, but it it, it wasn't their fault. They tried everything they could. The spot with Drew... Uh, sort of falling off was a cool spot. I think it's higher uh, than you think. Have you seen the photos of it? It's high. The photos are the two I think coolest photos I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and by the way, they're much better than the actual footage they got live. Yeah, they cut yeah, away from it, it. It's the spot was crazy, and I think someone I can't remember. I think Meltzer might have said it on Wrestling Observer Radio. This is something Drew apparently wanted to do. Which you know what, fair play, could have said because he's a big boy, and you don't normally see people like that doing spots like that. So fair play. No, I know Drew, Drew's afraid of heights too. Um, yeah. He was telling me, so I, I can't imagine that. That well, like you said, I think with the other two cell matches, do you think the pressure was on them to think, ah, we need to kind of, we need to do something to up the ante here. Well, for me, I was watching the match thinking, right, this is in the main event for a reason. There's got to be a reason this is on last. So I was waiting for Edge. I was waiting for a fiend. I was waiting for something. Yeah. And it sort of took me out of the match because at no point was I... And I was focused on the match because the action was good. It's Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. I mean, 
I'm, I'm not going to be shock anyone by saying the action was good, but I was waiting for something, and that something was unfortunately uh, Randy ducking the claymore, hitting the RKO, and picking up the win, which was it was it was disappointing as a UK fan, and as a and as not even that. If this was at SummerSlam, fair enough, because. Randy would have just come off beating Edge, be, uh, beating uh, Big Show even on TV, beating Christian or, uh, in that unsanctioned match. The greats. I mean, we really are going back to 2010. Sure, yeah. But um, he would have had momentum. But he's lost the three last three pay-per-view matches. So it doesn't make him look as great as it could have done at SummerSlam. Um, it, it, and I mean, one spot in this that didn't make sense was, so Randy got bolt cutters. Cut the cell door open. Yeah. Then we tried to walk to the back. Drew got him. Then Randy walked up, climbed up the cell to get this lightsaber or something. Pretty like much. Like a lead, like a pipe. Everything's red. Hit him with it and then came down. So if Randy put the bolt cutters under the ring, why didn't he also just put that red thing, red tube under the ring? Presumably because he wanted to lure him to the top. But again, he didn't. It's not as if he threw him off the top. They were both trying yeah. to come down from the top. Uh, yeah, it's a weird one. I'll, I'll grant you that. Before I give you my finer details on the main event, let's get to some ch super chats. Bacon Russia, welcome again, my friend. Evening, lads. So, with Autumn winning the title, they better not do Fiend versus Autumn now. Oh, God. They're going to mess up the Fiend on Raw. Question Who do you have the Fiend feud with? Um, WTFTFSRS. Um, thank you, Bacon Rasher. Appreciate that. Um, man, that's a loaded question right there. I can see the temptation of doing The Fiend and Autumn because, of course, of the 2017 story where they were tag champions and Orton burned down Wyatt's house, for want of a better term. Um, yeah. And the god awful um, horror house match, House of Horrors, whatever. Um, I mean, The Fiend's a tricky man to book anyway because he has to be strong. Um, you know, I thought what they did with Strowman was actually kind of the best way. You go through the iterations of Wyatt to get to The Fiend. Um, but I like what The Fiend's doing with Alexa Bliss right now and I, I want to kind of see where that's going and I don't know if it needs to be the title picture. Um, Keith Lee should be able to say, I beat Orton clean, so I deserve to face him in a title match. That That makes the most sense to me. Um, for the fiend, yeah, I want to. I wanted to just keep exploring that path of Alexa Bliss and wreaking havoc, and hopefully that leads her to the title with Oscar. I hope uh, that that's kind of my ambition with that one. Um, Lou, have you got any counter thoughts on that? Uh, no, I I think that a fiend, if they were going to do fiend and Randy, I don't think it needs the title. Um, no. So we'll see. I mean, they brought so many heels over to Raw following the drop. I was kind of sure that Drew was retaining. I thought there's options for even a few with Sheamus, AJ, Fiend even. But it just sort of seems like now where do the options go? I mean, the stare down at the end of the match seemed to potentially indicate we're going to get this again. <sighs> which... I don't know. And I guess a lot of it depends on Survivor Series, what the, what, what the score is there. Um, I mean, Dave Meltzer, spec Dave Meltzer reported and said that it had been discussed that uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns was a match, which I think we can throw this up for. Because, uh, <laughs> because uh, Drew McIntyre is no longer WWE champion, so I very much doubt that that was 
uh, at talk, or if it was, it was uh, before they decided to take the title off him. Sounds um, like a gamble to me. Um, yeah, but, anyway. but and so, then, so where do we get Roman and Randy now? Who knows? I'm okay with that. Um, another super chat from Bowhill. Uh, just once, I want someone to not follow the other person on top of the cage like an idiot. I love the word idiot. <laughs> so much more cutting than like a C word or something. It's like, you idiot. Um, you can't win there. Just wait for them to come down. Sure, Bo, but I mean, there's a lot of wrestling like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could go, why are you doing? Uh, I understand. I, I mean, I You're like... You're trying to apply logic to wrestling. Yeah. Which, I mean, don't do. You'll have a long day, Bo. You really will, brother. Um, I, I, there's a lot of... Uh, I, I, I personally like the excitement of the top of the cell. Um whether that makes me like a masochist or <laughs> sadistic, I don't know. But, um, I, but I if I like... guessed the match that would have gone to the top of the cell, this would have been lost. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but here we are. I mean, I, I do want to say before we move on from this and the Hell in the Cell card and we give it a little bit of a rating, uh, I do think it needs to be acknowledged what a tremendous job Drew McIntyre did as WWE champion. Uh, one of the best maiden reigns I've seen in my lifetime in someone's first go of it as the top champion. I, I thought he did a tremendous job. Every feud he had had a story, a good one. Um, he, he Every time on pay-per-view he delivered, we're talking Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, even the Randy matches. Uh, Bobby Lashley was the most interesting I can remember him. Uh, I thought Drew did an amazing job in a time where there were no fans. It was the hardest time to have your first run as WWE champion, and he did do it spectacularly. So I really hope um, that people really realise that he is not like a Kofi Kingston or a Jinder Mahal where it was just a, a, an experiment or you know a trial. He really arrived as a top guy in WWE, in my opinion, and now he's a main event player, Lou. Yeah, he's a main event. I reported back in a couple of months ago now that this wasn't going to be... WWE started seeing him as a top guy, and outside of the ring as well. In terms of the media appearances he did, I mean, you know, you've probably spoken to him, I think, more times than uh, his wife probably has at this stage, or with, <laughs> the amount of, with the amount of times we've interviewed, been interviewed him. But the amount of media he does, and he was like, bring it on. It wasn't them saying to him, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. He would say, come on, bring it on, from, from what we've heard, obviously, in reports and interviews and things of that nature. He was really trying to champion WWE, champion Raw, and uh, sort of bring the brand and the sort of exposure it got in interviews, he'd start or on social media, he'd talk to, he'd engage with Titan Fury, he'd engage with people like that to try and get the outside eyes on WWE. And he he, he really tried, I mean, with uh, Bobby Lashley, you mentioned, uh, that was actually something I reported as well, that it was Drew and Bobby that pitched that feud. They worked together before in yeah. TNA, enjoyed it. And you can tell that when people care about this stuff, they're pitching their own feuds, that they... They really care about this. So, I mean, I'd be shocked if Drew isn't a two-time, however many times. If this is his last reign, I'd be shocked. No chance. Um, it's also worth noting Drew was the guy that pitched to have Heath come back and do that segment on Raw. Like He's been very hands-on uh, and creative in his role as champion. Um, just a quick story on what you just said there. For anyone who um, is watching this right now, just a little story on Drew McIntyre. As Lou alluded to, he's very, like, uh, company focus and does a whole bunch of media. I remember when they flew in for a day, they'd been on tour for like three weeks straight and they had a, a live event at the O2 arena in, I think it was August 
2018. It was when Rousey and Alexa Bliss, like Rousey came over and did a a shot at the O2. Um, and yeah, I, I, he, I got an email, uh, a message that morning, right? So they just landed and he had told the WWPRs, like, get me these interviews with this guy, this guy, like he set up three of them. Um, and it was like, he had like six hours to himself, which like everyone chose to sleep because their schedule had been like ridiculous. And Drew was the one that said, no, um, you know, I want to do some media. I want to, you know, promote this and do that. Um, and even the WWPRs were like, wow, like this guy is a machine. Um, and even more than that, once he won the WWE title, I remember saying to him, man, like, oh, cool. Like, congratulations. We should get you on TalkSport because obviously Ali McCoy is now in Brazil. Are like, even though they're not wrestling fans, really, Ali McCoy loves Drew because Drew loves Ali McCoy as a Rangers fan. And Drew was like, oh, come on now. Nat, like, he was like, what? what do you mean? And he came on that morning. And when he won the Royal Rumble, he did the same thing. So it was like 6 a.m. British time which is like, I don't know, mid, depending where you are in America, it's kind of like midnight-ish there. He stayed up and he, he he came on the radio. He's just a real hard-working guy, man. Like I can't say much uh, more about him than that. I, I've got so many stories like that. DDP has shared some too. He's just, he's a, he's a remarkable guy. And uh, although I'm super UK biased, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to see him get his spot on top again. Now, we did mention Heath Slater, Luke. That kind of leads us nicely into impacts bound for glory uh we will get to news we will get to some hot takes we've already done 35 minutes it's mad um before the end of this hour and of course keep your super chats coming in guys they're more than welcome So, Bound for Glory, there's a lot to talk about in this card. I'll let you pick your bits here, Lou, because we obviously don't have an amazing amount of time. But what we should start with, as I've gatewayed us to, is Heath Slater's injury. It's unfortunate. Um, he looked like he suffered quite a bad injury during the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. The result of the match even had to be changed. Uh, I think it's been reported that uh, Heath was supposed to win that. It's since been uh, Rhino won that. I think they're very lucky that Rhino was still in the ring by the time that yeah. Heath had suffered the injury. Otherwise, that could have been uh, quite bad. Um, it looks like he's going to be out for some time. I believe there have been reports that he needs surgery, um, which is a real shame. Just to interject, I spoke to him uh, yesterday, maybe. He has, he's got a pulled groin and a hernia. So presumably he needs the hernia surgically fixed. Yeah, it's which is a shame. He was doing some great stuff at the moment with Impact, with Rhino. But I mean, he'll be back and hope him and Rhino have a nice tag run because their stuff was fantastic. And I presume that's the direction that they'll be going. So in terms of the story, it's not like I think Heath was going to go for a singles title. And then now Rhino's got to go for that. I presume it will be a tag run, which sort of means that their plans haven't changed that much, but obviously at this time, the most important thing is Heath's health. And I think if it's a Paul groin and a hernia, that's not the sort of like career-ending injury. He should be back within yeah. a couple of months. Absolutely. Um, and as Rian, who has sent us in this delightful uh, super chat, I hope Alex Shelley is okay. That was scary as... Um, yes, indeed it was. That pile driver was no joke. Um, 
it looked obviously you know the tag match went down and the Motor City Machine Guns were kind of it was only one half of them. Um, the North got the surprise win. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, had pegged the Good Brothers to pick up the W there. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, Lou, that um, Shelley had the injury going in and this was kind of a way to write him out. Yeah, I believe that was the um, that was the idea, which is a nice inventive way to do it. Uh, like you, I had the Good Brothers pegged to win, but the North are fantastic have done brilliant work for months now, for, for years uh, with Impact Wrestling, pretty much uh, reinventing that tag division and really putting on the map, taking over when it was gutted with uh, good with uh, LAX and uh, Lucha Bros going to uh, AEW. So they've really done well and they deserve this second shot, which is just fantastic. Um, but a super chat we actually got before we went on air uh, from Jobber JJ. Do we have any... Updates on Kylie Ray. Bound for Glory was mostly good. X Division once again proving why it's my favourite and main event was fantastic. Uh, have you heard anything about Kylie in terms of what the status was there and I guess what's going on? So I'm trying to look for that super chat. I can't see it. Why have I been in the dock? Ah, well, I wanted to put it up on screen. God damn it. Um, so have I heard anything on Kylie Ray? Is that the question? Yeah, have we heard anything about Kylie Ray? Um, obviously, her injury, and then uh, what do we think of Bad Fagori yeah. overall in the X Division? Um, what I will say on this, and I won't say too much because, of course, there's a lot of uh, personal things for Kylie Ray that could potentially be in play here, and you wouldn't want to exacerbate them or comment on things that you don't really know. And the bottom line is, I don't know for sure, um, which seems to be a problem for insiders to say at some point um, or journalists. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know the exact thing. It's been speculated, of course, that maybe she's had some personal issues and that's why she um, didn't end up wrestling. She's meant to have driven to where the show was going to be on the day before um, and then obviously didn't end up coming to the arena. There was no injury, as Brian Alvarez originally suggested, and he has since retracted. Um, all I will say is that I hope everything's good with Kylie Ray. Um, you know, whatever spot she's in, hope things all work out for the best because she's a tremendously talented lady and I really was looking forward to seeing her and Diona Perrazzo. But I know um, Impact would have been great if they could have, you know, told people ahead of time. Um, but as I said, this situation seems very fluid and delicate. It's not always easy to do. So they did well to pivot, in my opinion. Sue Young coming out with a title win. Um, and in the main event, Rich Swan winning the title too man so there's there's really uh impact did load the card i feel like they did well um yeah I, I just feel like you know they had some audio issues and production and the injuries didn't help but i do feel they did as well as they could have done uh, another super chat here from bacon russia uh at least retribution can go back to their old selves in nxt after this crap on raw is done thank god for those masks nugget and Alex Kusselmania <laughs> tag titles, JTJ. Listen, That's a good idea. We'll call them out right now. The Good Brothers, mm. they're on a losing streak, man. No, 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 no. You have not heard the news. No, no, no. So okay, go on, hit me. The the Kusselmania uh, ti uh, tag titles were on the line. Oh. At, uh, at so, the North. so we've got the North now. Okay, wow. I mean, I, I, I saw... Blompier and Sean Rossap discussing this on Twitter. I did not read. I did not realize it was ratified. That's fine. Um, we will take on the North. That's fine. Uh, uh, me, me and Louis, our combined points when we were on the show was pretty damn high. I would. Uh, I think we'd do well. 
yeah. think we'd give them a run for their money, without a doubt. Uh, shall we get to our first hot take, Lou? Let's do it. Should we do it from our friend John Alba, nonetheless? Let's do it. What's going on, guys? John Alba from Spectrum Sports and the Living the Gimmick podcast here. First off, congratulations on the new show. I'd say that I'd be listening and watching every week, but that's probably a lie, especially not daily, but whatever. You ask for a hot take, I'm going to give you one, and we're going to throw it back. And here's what I'm going to tell you. It may have been one of the worst angles ever, but there was never a hotter period in the last 20 years for WWE than the invasion. Wowzers. Um, first of all, He's I, don't, very I, don't, awesome. I don't appreciate John Alba's um, <laughs> shot at listening mm. to our pod. God damn that man. Um, but much respect to John Alba. Love the work that he does out there in uh, Florida. Um, I've said this before, Lou. Uh, and I know so I'm probably more qualified to talk on this than you because you were just a baby nugget, right? Back at this point, I was. I was yeah. a little nugget. I, I, I was. I was a Happy Meal size nugget. <laughs> when, uh, you were. You were a baby KFC back then. Um, <laughs> and for for me, this was like my prime of like childhood fandom, and I loved the invasion angle. I don't care. How, how that rubs people the wrong way because everyone goes, oh, but it could have been the NWO and Goldberg because you know, I'm presuming that's how people talk. Um, I know that, but I didn't really know that at the time, right? Because I was 12 or 13 and I, I didn't I wasn't really privy to all of this. Um... <laughs> Every time he makes this comment, I'm going to put it up. I don't even care. <laughs> um is that is that what you, is that what you think of me thinking that the invasion was good? How dare you? Okay, is a hell of a drug. <laughs> no, the invasion was good. Um, if you take out who was involved, um, and you you know what could have been, it was an exciting time. Like every single week, the TV shows were like must see stuff, um, and I actually think the invasion angle. If you look at it in isolation for how exciting it was, it was good. I guess people obviously wanted to see the big names, but that isn't something WWE just decided, no, we're not going to put you on TV because we don't want you. In terms of finances, they weren't there. And in terms of the logistics, I think wrestling fans often don't take into consideration the logistics of things. And sometimes it just doesn't work out for both parties that we can't have an ideal situation. And this wasn't obviously the ideal situation they, they probably would have wanted. And it isn't as good as it would have been if Goldberg would have come in immediately and the NWO and Sting and people like that. It wasn't the full WCW, but for what it was, it was, and obviously looking retrospectively as I have, uh, it, it, it was enjoyable and it seems like a fun time to be a wrestling fan watching yeah. those shows. I think it was. And also Rob Van Dam was killing it um, as part of the invasion at that point. And I love Rob Van Dam. I mean, the only thing is, is that you look at, you know, DDP and Booker T were big names. Um, other than that, you know, they were chucking WWE guys over there with, you know, even Kurt Angle went over there with zero WCW history. Um, if they had just waited until 2003, you could have had, and this is people who joined, uh, NWO, Goldberg, Scott Steiner, that could have been your team. And mm. that would have been really great against like Austin Rock, Jericho Angle, Taker, you know, whoever else. Um, that could have been an awesome, an awesome thing. Um, but having said that, people would have known WCW went out of business about a year before that and would have had the same appeal 
than it had when yeah. it was you know getting really exciting at the time. So uh, I don't know. Anyway, Lou, let's do some news, man, because we're the Wrestling Daily, and that's what we bring to the table. So I'm going to cut to you, and we're going to talk about what we're thinking. So you mentioned this earlier, Survivor Series plans, Meltzer saying about Roman and Drew. So we've already given that the red BSometer. But Randy supposedly won the title, so he can defend it against Edge at WrestleMania 37. Lou, tell us a little bit more about this, because I think we have known for a while that both men are dead set on finishing what they started when Edge is back. Yeah, when Edge is back, I believe the plan is for a WrestleMania 37. I think Meltzer has said this as well and has been saying this for a long time. It's not something he's said, oh, that isn't the case anymore. He's been saying for a long time this is the plan. Um, so WrestleMania, I think even an I quit match has been thrown about as a possible uh, um, uh, suggestion. But he said on Wrestling Observer Radio yesterday that the current plan is for Randy Orton to defend his title against uh, Edge at WrestleMania 37 in a uh, or WrestleMania 27, depending on uh, what decade we're in, because that is, again, just a match out of 2010. But in all seriousness, it is a match that makes sense based on the feud they had going and the great match they had at Backlash. I think people overlook that as a match the year contender, which it definitely was. Wasn't very the greatest much. wrestling match ever, but was was very good. Um, we didn't have that um, didn't have a, if it didn't have that tagline and those um, expectations that were never going to be met, people would have thought much more highly of it. So, I mean, this is, I think, in terms of the BSometer, I could definitely see this being in the green as something that we could definitely see, or for me anyway, could definitely see happening. Obviously, plans can change. I'm sure that Drew McIntyre wasn't the option for Brock Lesnar starting sort of this time last year. But it in terms of the story, then wanting to finish it, it does make the most sense. So I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if we don't see this uh, for the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing. Like, does it need the title? Um, and I think a lot of people would argue no. But at the same time, the comeback story of Edge kind of reaching the apex again, and then you have who you know who he could face with the title and stuff. I, yeah, I mean, I, I could get behind it. I'm not going to be too picky about it. Um, so I think by default, it's, I mean, because I don't think that was always the plan, though. Like, that's what's bugging me about the report. But what are we going to say? Green, yellow? I'd say green, to be fair. I don't think now it's probably the plan. There we go. Look at that. Much more green than ever before. Um, I, I saw someone ask about this in the comments earlier. So I'm going to let Louis take this. A couple of weeks ago, ahead of their SmackDown match, uh, before Braun would move over to Raw, um, he was doing an interview ahead of the Roman match, and he said that people didn't really like Roman's new attitude backstage. Um, was it kayfabe? Was it not? I think the answer is fairly obvious, but I'm going to let Louis break it down for you anyway. This could not be more kayfabe. This, <laughs> I don't... Genuinely, all I've heard about Roman Reigns is that people love him. I did a report again a couple of months ago. Uh, as you know, about a month ago now, the backstage morale since Roman had been back uh, was massively up. I'm sure that also had to do with the move to the Thunderdome. People saying there's more space to move around and do things, which is obviously inevitable moving out of PC. But um, I 100% don't think this is in terms a shoot interview. It's a kayfabe thing, him, him talking about Roman's character. I think him talking about how Roman helped him at the beginning of his career was both kayfabe and a shoot. 
where he was saying, oh, listen, Roman's been a great help to me. And I believe that he was a great help on screen and off screen as well. But in terms of him saying that people don't like Roman's attitude, I don't think that could be any further from a... Uh, from a kayfabe story, uh, this is uh, uh, sorry, it couldn't be any further from a true story. This is a hundred percent, I think, kayfabe. Yeah. So, was Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman's heat a shoot? No, it is bloody not. Um, you know, I've heard nothing but great things about Roman backstage. Uh, he is the true locker room leader in WWE. And on that note. Louis just touched on it. The two men that have helped Braun Strowman the most since he joined uh, WWE, I'd say three men, in fact, are Bray Wyatt, Big Show, Roman Reigns. Uh, Braun Strowman has said as much to me in an interview about that. So I don't think that's really up for debate. He's just trying to add some more heat uh, onto the interview. But he did it really well because it was kind of like mixed in with some real feelings about working with Roman before and stuff. Yeah. So um, kudos, Braun, for even getting us <laughs> talking about it. Exactly. Um, now, Lars Sullivan name change. Hit me. So, obviously, firstly, uh, I think you and I are both over the moon and gave SmackDown a complete five out of five for the fact that we now have Shorty G uh, uh, out, out of the way and we've got Chad freaking Gable back. Which I've is, told you before, the name Shorty G is banned on this show. And um, it's not banned from WWE. So well, that's massive it. thumbs up. They obviously listened to this show because we uh, we were saying it in the week and then uh, he um, he obviously ditched the gimmick, which is fantastic. But that isn't the only name change that has been rumoured coming out of SmackDown. So I think if you've watched SmackDown and haven't had the commentary muted, you will know that... Uh, uh, Michael Cole has had somewhat of an obsession over the last couple of weeks with calling Lars Sullivan the freak. I believe our good friend Sean Rossap said something like in a seven minute and 30 second uh, segment, Braun Strowman, uh, Braun Strowman uh, Lars Sullivan was called the freak by, um, uh, by Michael Cole a total of 22 times, which is frankly ridiculous. Um, and Dave Meltzer, I think th this is something that we will get on to talking about uh, as we say this, because uh, I think it's unclear whether this is speculation or a report. He's saying that this is something that WWE tends to do when they're preparing someone for a name change, perhaps indicating he's saying that WWE's trying to really get over the freak name. So are we heading to Lars Sullivan having his name changed to the freak, which not the best idea, given things that have gone on, probably to call Lars Sullivan someone with a bit of controversy, the freak, probably not what I'd do. But and, and I think this brings us on to an interesting point of it's unclear whether this is speculation or him saying, no, 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 no this is well, I the think, plan. I think it is speculation. Um, him saying this is what they do, they tend to do. Like that's, that's him kind of coming up with that, um, you know, connecting the dots and doing the math. Uh, I don't, I rarely say I don't like a superstar, but I don't really like Lars Sullivan. Uh, and I think that's because of the things we've seen in his personal life and the way he handles himself. Um, but also his presentation is just not very exciting to me. Um, there's no reason why he should be running through absolutely everyone. Um, but, you know, maybe he'll grow. Who knows? Uh, hopefully as a person and a performer. Um before we move on from the news, uh, also, actually, because I don't really know if that's a report or not, but we're just no, going to say... I think this is an interesting thing to bring up. Yeah. Because 
a lot of people, and I think this definitely happens with Meltzer because he writes in the Observer every week and uh, does wrestling Observer Radio. He will say something, and I've been guilty of this too. And then people go, "Oh, Meltzer is reporting," and I think he's sort of saying, "Oh, maybe they'll do this." And then I do feel like, sorry oh, for him like that. Bad. I do feel sorry for him because it happens to him a lot. And, and that's what happens when you're the yardstick for so long, which he was. Um, you know, whether people like to really admit that or not, he was for many years um, and continues to be in the eyes of many. Um, so he basically speculates on things and uses his judgment that decades in the business covering it will, you know, will grant you. And people run with it. And that's, you know, he can't really be accountable for what news sites run. Um, but, you know, I don't, th I think this is more speculation than anything. So don't worry, Dave, we'll give you a pass here. Um, I've got a couple more on the news front. Lou, Abaddon was seriously injured for AEW and couldn't breathe. Talk to me about that. Yeah, th this is quite a scary one. So she, AEW uh, was live last week and the episode that's airing uh, this week was taped on Thursday. And Abaddon was set to face Tay Conti, formerly of NXT. And she uh, was hit with an elbow that went to the throat. And was uh, the match was called off immediately. Uh, it's been reported that the match will not be airing on Dynamite. Uh, Abaddon was taken to hospital uh, and uh, apparently couldn't breathe. I think that was the exact verbiage used yeah. in the reports, um, which is very scary. Obviously, we wish her the best. Thankfully, it's been reported that she will be and is expected to make a full recovery, which is uh, obviously great to hear, and that is the main thing. I mean, we probably won't be seeing a women's match on Dynamite next week. So I know a lot of people say, oh, AEW's women's division, but bear that in mind that they have you the do. attention. <laughs> I do. But no, no, no. You, no, yeah, no it's, it's, to be fair, most of the time it's, it's warranted. But yeah, like yeah, I said. But this, we won't probably see a women's match on Dynamite, but there is a reason for that. Obviously, the main thing is Abaddon's health and safety. Um, hopefully she isn't out for too long and we can see her on TV uh, healthy and fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the final bit of business where WrestleVotes, our good friends, say that WWE is going to be moving out of the Amway Centre imminently. As you can see here, Thunderdome update. Source states WWE is set to leave the Amway Centre by the 1st of December. Arenas in North Carolina, Texas and Illinois were discussed over the weekend. WWE needs to find a spot where no team plays, plus able to house the weight and power requirements of setup. A newer arena is preferred as the weight of the Thunderdome won't work with other buildings. Also, a major travel hub is needed as talent will be flying in and out each week. Not the easiest combination of things to find. I always thought when they moved out of the Thunderdome or Amway Centre, that it would be for fans. I always thought that if they were yeah. going to make that move, then you wouldn't be taking the Thunderdome with you. You'd be having a degree of fans back. So a bit of a curious statement, Luke. Yeah, I think they, he, she, they, whoever this enigma of WrestleVotes is, has uh, <laughs> clarified that it is a, uh, it's it's a move that's been brought on by the NBA, <clears throat> which is apparently, I mean, I don't even know what uh, the NBA is, or I know it's basketball, but then that that's that's where my knowledge of the NBA stops. Let me tell you something um, about the NBA before you move on quickly. They did a bubble perfectly. They did their playoffs. They had all the teams. And all of the staff in a bubble in Orlando, and nobody tested positive. Not one. They did the whole playoffs the rest of the season, and they did it perfectly. So by design, NBA have done the most successful 
um, sporting contests and events since coronavirus. Yeah, and this is obviously uh, because so the move I I think has been reported that it's uh, because of the NBA uh, eyeing up a restart for December. So uh, obviously, with the Thunderdome being at the Amway Center, wouldn't work. <laughs> I'm some, sure you are, Jobber JJ. You are the real um, Some good comments. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been brought on by this. So uh, I think that obviously, I think this is this is still a good thing. That fa- I'm not ready for fans back at shows in terms of uh, safety. So I think th- this is definitely the right thing to do. Move it to the Thunderdome. Move, move the, just move the Thunderdome to another location, wherever that may be. And obviously we'll keep you posted with if we hear anything or if uh, more emerges from other top journalists. I'm sure John Alba, who's been covering a lot of the Florida-based uh, stuff, will be all over this story. So as more emerges and the story starts coming together, we'll obviously keep you guys posted. In fact, I think I saw John Alba somewhat endorse this story on um, Twitter earlier. So that leads me to believe we're going to give it a green, Lou? Yeah, 100%. There you go. To be fair, WrestleVotes, John Alba, very trusted sources for the Wrestling Daily. Um, You know what? I was about to throw to another hot take, but Arif has got one of his own. Hot take. JBL WWE Championship run was great with great feuds, and he's one of the best heel champions ever. Almost like, I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, Yeah, I... (laughs) I agree, Arif. Um, do you know what the, the best thing I can say about JBL's uh, title reign is that I thought he was going to lose it all the time and it never happened. And do you know how frustrating that is? Like, I think I was like 15 at the time and um, I was so mad because I was just like, this guy, like, yeah, like he's like, he's now I can watch him and appreciate him, right? You know how that yeah. is with heels and stuff. And, I was like, oh, he's just really got a clothesline. He's a big old, you know, I was like, I want the Undertaker to be champion or, you know, Benoit at the time or Angle, whoever. Like, um, there were so many guys I wanted to see win the belt. And JBL just kept it and kept it and kept it. And it was so frustrating. And then you look at the payoff with Cena uh, and how they did that. And it was really, really, really good. Uh, I, I think the fact of how much I hated him at the time, how long it went and how many times I, I like, I guess by design, a heel you want to pay to watch them get beaten up. And I would tune in because I wanted to see him lose that belt and he never did. So they kept me coming back and back and back. Um, So I'm exactly the kind of guy they had hook, line and sinker. Lou, what about you, mate? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was uh, wasn't watching the times and watching retrospectively. Uh, Back then, weren't you? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, knowing what has obviously been reported about JBL since, it, it's easy to take to, to take you out of it. But in terms of his stuff that he did in the ring, was he wasn't ever going to put on a ring a ring classic, but he was the sort of hard hitting, just 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 a good heel to have on TV. Um, and his run his run was good. His run was very solid. And as you say, people didn't like him. People would tune in to see if he lost the title, and he never did. So. Um, yeah, I'd I'd say that this is a it's not too spicy of a hot take. It's it's pretty mild, I'd say. <laughs> pretty mild by design. But Lou, we are on the home stretch, mate, and it's about thirty seconds away from an hour. So, you know, I think we'll keep the other hot takes in our back pocket because we're back tomorrow mm-hmm. at eight PM, yeah. uh, ready to give you guys some more news and the fallout from Raw tonight. Uh, as UK viewers on this stream will know right now, it's only an hour and a half. Till Raw kicks off, we have uh, the clocks Lovely. coming back 
delightful for us all. So thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for your super chats. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Wrestling Daily and Wrestle 2. And of course, you can get us on podcast if you didn't catch us today. You can get us on Spotify, Acast, uh, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so you can never be without me and Louis. And I know that's what the people want. Exactly. Before we go, Lou, have you listened to any more music since we last spoke, mate? No. What? You're such a weird guy. You don't listen to music. You don't eat KFC. You have never eaten a burger. Like, what? What have you been doing? If you wanna, if you wanna, okay. I'm gonna basically KFC. I'm, there might be one on the horizon. That, can we do something do. right with with this show? Where like um, we introduce like a, I don't know like a drama of music to you a week or like maybe when you come on next week you're going to be eating like a fillet tower burger. I, I need something, Lou. I need to be some progression in your. Character. We'll have a chat. We'll, we'll have a chat after this goes on air and find a way to uh, to I guess show me the wider world. Show Ooh. me, Lou. We have another super chat allegedly we need to get to before we we come off here. Find it for me, Lou. Come on, mate. Be my little uh, sniff it out. Oh, so um. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, has said the biggest shame is we did not get to see Jinder versus Drew for the title, which, oh, I mean... Uh, yeah. Sorry, Dan. It, it, I he robbed you. And he robbed you of your hard-earned money there. Yes, yeah, And uh, on that note, if we do ever very accidentally miss a Super Chat out, we will always recap it at the beginning of the next show. We, we want to make sure that doesn't happen, but... You guys have been amazing in terms of your engagement with your comments. So if one does slip through the cracks, we will always cover it in the next show if that does happen. But we want obviously want to get to all of them at the time. Uh, it is a shame, obviously, but uh, as we said at the top of the show, we don't think this is Drew's last run of the title, and I'd be shocked if it is. So there's always a chance that we see that later down the line. And possibly it's for the best that we didn't see it now. Once Jinder can perhaps be built up a bit and uh, there could be more layers to that story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know that was the plan at one point. Unfortunately, it didn't come to pass, but I don't doubt they're going to revisit that down the line, especially if Drew has anything to say about it, which he does. Um, so once again, thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. And you can find us again tomorrow right here, 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 